0: <music> Hebrews thirteen. Says, Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Remember those who are in prison, as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you also are in the body. Let marriage be held in honor among all, let marriage let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from the love of money, be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear, what can man do to me? You know, when I I look at those six verses, um, at some point over the summer, it dawned on me that... um, all ten of our community group topics for the summer fit into those six verses somehow. And preparing us for ministry and helping us line up with, with God's heart. You know, and the song that we were just singing, I mean, everybody loves, loves the song, especially when it gets like the bridge. I mean, that's like the, you know, nearby football rules moment. And everybody's like, yeah. I mean, you can just watch like the hands like go up. But not in a like, manipulative way. I mean, that's just something that we connect with as a group. You healed my heart and made it clean, which we changed those lyrics. Don't tell uh, whoever, Christy. Um, you healed my heart and made it clean. Now open up my eyes to the things unseen. Show me how to love like you've loved me or something like that. And then it's like the killer part, right? Which Brandon Hayes, we talked about this in rehearsal they did they talked about it he used to say bring the pain on this part break my heart for what breaks yours everything i am for your kingdom's cause it's does not really rhyme but it's okay um, i think that's that's what we're going for right i mean it's i want my heart to to break and celebrate over the same things that break the heart of God and the same things that make his heart celebrate. Like, I want that kind of oneness there, you know? And you you listen to those verses in this chapter. I mean, brotherly love is love among all of us, um, showing hospitality to strangers, okay? People who don't have a sense of belonging um, whenever they show up somewhere, whether it's at your house or it's in this room or it's a new person at work or it's a new, um, new students at LSU or whatever, that we... They, if they don't have a sense of belonging, we show them that they, they do belong. We help change that as a reflection of what Christ has done for us because we don't belong at his table, yet he has prepared a place for us. Talks about those in, in prison, which at this time would, would have been those who are persecuted. Like Vernon said earlier, we're we're all part of this one big body. And so the fact that there are believers being persecuted around the world means that we are affected by that persecution. The fact that there was a, a pastor um, who um, some people in Baton Rouge have a relationship with in Pakistan who was who was murdered for the gospel a couple weeks ago—that affects us. We feel that. It says, remember those who are in prison as though you were in prison with them. Those who are mistreated because you're also in the body because you understand what it's like to be mistreated. It says, let mar- let marriage be held in honor. Let marriage be treasured among us. And don't let stupid stuff mess up your marriage. He says, don't don't love money, don't trust money. Be content with what you have, which is the presence of God. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Be content with that. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? I think, you know, we we look at, those kinds of passages, and we're like, okay, um, I want my life to look like that. Like, I, I just genuinely, and like when I'm being completely honest, like I want that right there. And I think, you know, the longer, you know, you're, you, you walk with, with Christ, I, I think it's, it's easy to get frustrated or to get jaded or whatever, because maybe, maybe your life is not progressing as quickly as you want, to get to there or, or maybe maybe you feel like you know you just you make a little progress but then you just like mess up so much it kind of puts you back in you know whatever or maybe you're actually maybe you're moving along at a really good pace but you're not surrounded with an encouraging kind of community that's affirming that in you and you just don't really see that progress you don't see the Christ being formed in you the way other people do and you know, there's just all these kinds of things and I think but I think all this we look at that and I think we want that life we want that that effective, completely fruit-bearing life, you know? We want, you know, when Jesus says, abide in me and I in you, and he who abides in me will bear much fruit. I'm the vine, you're the branches. You remain in me, I remain in you. You will bear much fruit. So we, you know, I, I have this, this orange tree deal in my backyard, and it's kind of it's weird. Um, and it'll have like one branch, it'll have like six oranges on it. And then there's like 75 million other branches with nothing on it. And there's a couple of branches that look just as healthy as the other one, but there's no fruit on it. And then there's some of them that, I don't know if it's like a grasshopper's or a parasite or something. Some of them just look horrible. And, and like I want to be, I I be the branch with all the fruit hanging off of it to where it's like touching the ground because it's so heavy. Like That's, that's what I want from my life. That's what we all want from our life. And the Christ in us wants that. So everything about us genuinely desires that and wants that, wants to move in that direction and pursue that. It's easy to get frustrated and all that kind of stuff. But I, was, um, I heard this quote the other day. It said, uh, I said, the start of a school year is great because it holds so much possibility. You know who said that? was uh, Frosted Mini Wheat on a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, you thought I was gonna say C. S. Lewis, huh? If I had said C. S. Lewis, y'all would be like, ooh, I'm totally tweeting that. Tweet that. Frosted Mini Wheat said it. Um, but it, it's very it's very true, isn't it? I mean I think, you know, the start of an of a calendar year, you know, by new resolutions, all this kind of stuff, but I think Even more so than that, in our, like where we live, I think we function in a fall semester, spring semester, summer kind of rotation. And really the start of school really is, it's kind of even more so than a calendar year, a time where we're like, okay, this is it, this is the one. I'm sure all of our college students have already said, okay, I'm not skipping any classes. (laughs) Or you're like, I'm gonna start off knowing how many I have to go to, you know. all of our students here—I mean, our high school students, middle school students—probably you probably just said, "All right, this is the year. My grades are going to be good. I'm not going to get in trouble. Whatever." I remember at the start of every school year it was like that, you know? So, like, okay, this is the one. This is the one. And like 25 seconds into the semester, it's like, "Nope, this isn't the one. The next one. The next one's the one." But you know, when it when it comes to um, our effectiveness in in ministry and in, in living out what we believe. I mean it's isn't it so much more important than our than our grades and all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying grades aren't important, but big picture wise, the the image of Christ and the character of Christ being formed in us is of vital importance, not just to us, but to the world. So because of that, I want us to look uh tonight at uh Second Peter chapter one. Um I haven't preached in like a like a month and so uh get ready (laughs) it's gonna be random uh because seriously i've never really had four weeks to really think about what do i want to talk about when when the time comes um so i've bounced all around all over the place and i got to a point where i was like okay this is this is the the text you know i want to like to stay in one place if i can and um and i was like i've preached from this before and so i made a mistake of listening to myself on a podcast uh don't ever do that, by the way. Uh, but it, it made me think about this, and I'm just going to tell this real quick, um, because I told this story last time. I talked about this passage. Um, uh, when I was in college, I got to do something that not a lot of people get to do. Um, and uh, I was the drum major of the uh, Golden Man from Tigerland. And um, some people think that's awesome. Like all the, woo people think that's, you know, maybe awesome. Some, some people think it's lame. I don't know, probably probably good uh info on both sides so um but anyway uh early on in my life I was like I want to do that when I got to college it didn't go away uh, and it's like I was like I want to do that and I tried out like there's this big audition process and it was like three or four times of trying out and not getting it and so finally I was like all right um it's you know it's make or break and so uh fortunately it was it was make and so um I had to like learn how to do all the stuff and there's just a lot more to it than you would think and all that, and so it was just one season. Football team was terrible uh, that year, um, and you know whatever. But but we had, we had a lot of fun and stuff. Anyway, um, I knew because I was there for four years, and in my fifth year, uh, my super senior year, I was uh, drum major, and so I knew from being in the in Tiger Band for four years that because uh, we had a new guy every year, I was like, he really doesn't have very long. At the beginning of that first game for us to like, determine if he is in any way competent at what he's doing. Because um, we had all these rehearsals and all this other stuff, but it didn't matter until the game came, and so we gave uh, all of them just a little bit of time to be like, okay, no, he, he knows what he's doing, or this guy is you know, a moron. And so, uh, once, But once the judgment was made, that's, that's how it was. And that might not sound like a big deal, but um, before the Jumbotron and all this kind of other stuff, you had to like, watch the game And you had to determine if that was a first down or not from from way up there so so i was like just a nervous wreck terrified um we we get up there and i literally in my mind i'm like okay i've got to establish myself as being effective i've got to be competent i've got i gotta this is my chance to take the bull by the horns because there was a whole band full of doubters in me honestly and so um you know they're like this guy just you know he's too whatever and so i need to be not that i need to be something else so the whole time i'm like okay I gotta get this right. I gotta nail it. I gotta nail it. So, um, in uh, a parallel story of life, there is uh, the BCM was um, super, uh, super conservative on the outside, but they were all wild on the inside. And so, um, they had this guy's name was, was Donnie Vipperman. He would throw these parties, and uh, it was like, I mean, it was like footloose, you know, like all these oppressed religious kids just, got, just went crazy and they just had to dance, you know. And, um, and so he just threw these parties, and they were just scandalous. I mean, it was terrible. And so, uh, but, I mean, everybody just would just get so amped about it. And he, It would be a, like fountain blue apartments on the second floor, like cracking Joyce in the building. and It was awful. And so, but everybody was super pumped about it. So um, first game, uh, this is the situation. Um, here's, here's, let's say, here's the stands going up. Here's Tiger Band right here. Right behind the band was the BCM section. They had a block of 250 tickets. And so... I'm standing on this block, and I can see all my friends, and I can see the, the band or whatever, and I was like, this is either going to be awesome or it's going to be the worst possible setup ever. So we're, we're, about to, um, we're about to go down for pregame, and I'm like in the zone, got to gotta nail it, got to nail it, whatever. Um, and, and so I have this friend's name is Juan, and some of you know Juan. And so Juan, uh, Juan is trying to get my attention, and he's yelling, just yelling at me. So he's directly in front of me up there, and I don't hear him. So he gets the top row to tell the next row to tell the next row and normally they don't do that but for some reason they're like let's do this because they don't know who this guy is and so pass it down pass it down pass it down pass it down somebody tugs on on my you know, pants or whatever they're like hey this guy wants you so I look up and by this point everybody in this whole section of the band is looking at Juan because they want to know what he so desperately wants because he knows my name um, so I look up and I see Juan now keep in mind I'm in the zone about being effective. I'm wearing a white jumpsuit with blue and gold sequins <laughs> sewed into it, okay? So I got a work cut out for me in establishing any, anything credible. And so everybody looks up at Juan, and Juan, in all his glory, is like, hey, Josh, are we going dancing tonight? <laughs> and... Like one, one by everybody's doing this, and they just kind of slowly turn <laughs> and look at me, and uh, I think I think we had him arrested actually, but um, I knew that at that moment um, my effectiveness had been compromised greatly by my by my friend Juan. Um, but I, I go back to uh, I'm sorry for that long story. Um, trying to share my life with you. Um, <laughs> No, but I go back to that fear, you know, like, like, here was this task in front of me, and I wasn't really sure that I was going to be able to pull it off, you know. I mean, I could conduct the band, okay, I was competent enough to do that, I mean, I, I, I could get the, the tempos right, I knew the songs, I knew all that stuff. What I was scared of was because I'd watched for four years, um, the drum major get up there, and um, he thinks uh, that he didn't get the first down. So the band plays second down cheer, but he got the first down. And the whole band is like, you are horrible. And the student section's booing you and being like, Elvis, you're horrible and all this stuff. And it's, um, I I just, I watched that. And so I knew, I I was just very much afraid that what would happen to me is that I would mess something up and I would just be completely ineffective the rest of the time. And no matter how hard I worked, I would always come up short. I think there's so many of us that, that we really feel that way. You read... Hebrews 13 and all those things, such a missional life, such a balanced life and one that's just well-ordered and and everything is just there. And you look at that and you say, that is not ever going to be me. I know it's important and I want it with all my heart, but I'm too much trouble for that. I know myself. It's just not going to happen And we settle back. Well, let's look at this. 2 Peter All right, stop right there. To everybody in this room, um, and everybody who um, is in Christ around the globe from when this was written till now, I mean, this is all-encompassing, this covers everyone, this is what's true about you. This, and this, this is what's true. Your fear is not real. Your insecurities are not based in reality. Um, all the things that may have made you maybe kind of give up, or everything that kind of makes you doubt yourself, all all those things are false. All those things are, are lies. This is what's true. I told the, uh, uh, the freshman at Survival the other night, we had these groups and we're, my topic was spiritual survival. And I was like, look, you're going to be lied to a lot. There's going to be all kind of people and situations and substances and commercials. and I mean, All these things to be telling you over and over again, this will make you happy, this will make you complete, um, this will Cure what ails you. This will this will fix everything. Um, you will not be happy until you have this. Uh, this major will lead to this amount of money, and that's when you're really going to be, you know, fulfilled. Um, you're going to be lied to by all these things and all these people and all this stuff. And and here here's where you you will hear the truth. That's why when we talk about abiding, we talk about spiritual disciplines and all this stuff. I mean, the scriptures are going to be a part of. Of that all the time because here is the truth right in front of you and when we're invested here and we know these things and we memorize these things and we sink into them and we let the Spirit just tell us and prove to us over and over and over again that that's true when a lie comes it just it just slides right off I mean it just bounces off of you they don't take root they're ineffective his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who's called us to his own glory and excellence. One of the lies is going to be that you are not complete until whatever. Until you're dating somebody, until you're married, until you have kids, until you graduate, until you get a job, until you get a better job, until you get a better car, until you get a better house, until you get this, this, you know, whatever. There's always going to be something. And that's one of the great lies is that you, you haven't really arrived. You're not who you need to be until those things happen. And the truth is, his divine power has given you everything you need for life and godliness. That's beautiful. I mean, if you're looking for like a text to just kind of sit on and meditate on the next couple weeks, good place to start. That the very power of God has given to you everything that you need. You you don't lack. Jerry Maguire was wrong. Everything that we need, through the knowledge of Him, who called us to His own glory and excellence. Just I mean, through knowing Him, so His power has given us that through our knowledge of Him. And so he's calling us to his, his own glory and his own excellence, his own virtue. His, I mean, the, like he's just drawing us to himself. And as that is happening, I mean, here, here's this powerful God saying everything you need, there you go. The life that you want. Hebrews 13, John 15, abiding a fruit-bearing life. I mean, however, what, frame it however you want, that life is yours. I mean, that's, Verse four, talking about his glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped from the corruption that's in the world because of sinful desires. Partakers of the divine nature. I mean, that's that's your, that's your destiny. Because... His power is at work and the promises that He has made to us to become partakers of divine nature because we've escaped the corruption that's in the world. You've escaped it. It's not who you are. I've escaped it. It's not who I am because there's power at work in me and there are promises that have been made to me and so, divine nature, I mean, that's, that's me. Not that old stuff, not that simple divine nature, that's me. Now, you're probably saying, okay, yeah, but I mean, you don't know me and you don't know what I've been through and you don't know what I'm like and you don't know this and this and this. And I say, no, 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 I, I, I mean, I know a lot of you pretty well. I mean, I just told that story about Juan, so you know me, you know, like a book now, right? I mean, we, we know each other, our church is smaller. I know a lot of the struggles and the issues that exist in this room, I'm not finding any exceptions here in scripture to that. So you can come up with excuses all you want. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna like point you to this and be like, whatever. But, but but I think one of the compelling you know arguments is gonna be, okay, I've I've tried that. Like I've been down this road before. I've been on the front of a school year and said, this is the one. I've I've gotten to that point where I said I'm going to abide every single day. I'm going to do everything I, and I every time right back where I started. Every time I drop the ball. Every time I mess something up. I'm just sick of that pattern. And what I would say is, okay. Are you are you living for are you living for the Lord or are you living from the Lord? Because those are two completely different things. For and from You hear a lot of that. I just want to live for, I just want to live for God this semester. Awesome. But it, you, you can't live for him unless you're living from him. And whatever you're living from is what you're ultimately going to live for. Okay? So go back to vine and the branches. You got a, you got a, a tree trunk. You got branches going off of it. The reason why there's fruit on the end of those branches is because of the water and the nutrients that are flowing that the trunk is getting from the roots through the trunk into the branch, and there's where the fruit is. So Jesus says, "Um, I'm the vine, you're the branch. I'm the trunk of the tree, you're the branch of the tree. He's telling us that that the fruit that is going to come out of our lives is going to come when we live from him, not just for him. Because if you're trying to live for him, but you're living from yourself, from your own power... You're like a branch that got cut off in you know, a storm. It's laying there on the ground. There is no divine power being accessed there. There's no, there's, there's like, you're just, just trying to do things on your own. And that's usually where, where people mess up is that they, they have all these really good intentions. And they're like, okay, like, for example, I look at Hebrews 13. Like I want all six of those verses to like describe my life. So I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna stop doing this, and I'm gonna stop doing this, and I'm gonna to try to do this, and this, and the, you, know, you come up with this whole like plan. But un- unless the first part of that plan is to abide in him so that you live from him, so that all the things you're doing are being empowered by him, so that his life is flowing into your life and bearing fruit, then you are basically drawing from your own power. And when you live from you, you live for you, ultimately. It's going to happen every single time. And all those good intentions, they start off being like, this is all for the Lord, all for the Lord, and then you get frustrated because it's not going well, and you just get mad. And you're mad because your your pride is hurt, because you thought you could really pull this off. And ultimately, you're living for yourself because you're living from yourself. So are you living for him or are you living from him? From him precedes for him every single time. His divine power his great and precious promises that's that's what we need that's what we've got to access I and mean, that's that's where we need to be living from so look at the next verse for this very reason make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness Godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If these qualities are yours and they are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in your knowledge of Jesus. Okay, so... so, it said, make every effort to supplement your faith with all these incredible virtues. It says, if these things are growing and growing and growing and growing, you will be effective and your life will bear fruit. Good news, right? I mean, that's, okay. Now, I know there's that skeptic voice in the back of your head. It's like, yeah, but how do you do that? We'll get to that in a second. But, but understand that, that progression that happens. Make every effort to supplement your faith and you grow and you grow and you grow and you grow. And one day you look, at, you look around and you're like, hey, I'm not the same person I was six months ago. I'm not the same person I was a year ago. And other people are like asking you your opinion about things. And you're like... Look at the next verse. Verse 8, whoever, whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he's blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. I mean, basically, don't forget who you are. I know sometimes people get tired of, of kind of us talking so much about identity and, and, who, and Christ in us and, I mean, all these kinds of things. But the truth is, if we didn't have a problem with forgetting who we really are, then we wouldn't need to keep revisiting these things. But it's an issue. And so we go back to the scriptures over and over and over again. And he keeps teaching us over and over and over again. Because we don't want to be so nearsighted that we're blind. And that we forget that we've been cleansed from that. You healed my heart and made it clean. That's why we change the words to that. To reinforce what the scriptures are teaching. Next verse, uh, verse 10 Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. Okay? Now, hold on. Read again. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure, for if you practice these qualities, you will never, you will never fall. Okay? If you are making every effort to supplement your faith, and you are growing, and you are growing, you're growing. This doesn't mean that you'll never stumble and fall, that you'll never sin or never mess up and that kind of stuff. What's saying is that you will never fall away from that. You will remember who you are and your security and who you are and who Christ is and what he has done and all that kind of stuff will continue to grow and grow and grow. I bet everybody in this room at some point has, has, has been in a situation you're like, man, you know, I don't even know if I'm really like even saved. Because if I was really saved, then my life would look like this and I keep having these struggles, and so, you know, whatever. We've all been there. And this verse is saying look, you keep practicing these things, you keep pursuing these things, you keep making every effort, you be diligent to grow in that, and your security and who you are and what Christ has done and your identity become more and more confident and more and more sure. I know those are difficult times when you start to wonder that stuff. That will come to an end. We keep pushing forward. We keep digging in. You know sometimes we we talk about uh, Eugene Peterson says that it's it's easier to act yourself into a new way of feeling than to feel yourself into a new way of acting. And and the way I like to contextualize that is that sometimes when you when you come to church you don't feel like singing some of this stuff cuz you've had a bad week and you're mad at Jesus and, you know, all this stuff or whatever. And the application of that would be like, well, you stand up and you sing anyway. Because when, when you begin to sing and you begin to act on the things that you know are true, you're just kind of being a brat, um, your, your heart just it just softens with the truth when that truth is right in front of you like that. So it doesn't matter if you feel like a failure, you feel like this, or you're frustrated or whatever. You just man up and you keep going because you know what's right. Because you know and you believe this. I mean, quit being a brat. That's what Peter said. I'm not me. Verse 11, for in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Eternal kingdom. Okay, so all this, okay. I mean, talk about an encouraging passage of Scripture. Talk about, I mean, like, what a great, what a great way to begin a school year his power and his promises are at work, and we supplement uh, our faith with all these virtues, and we grow and we become effective and bear fruit. It'd be so easy for me just to be like, "All right, let's pray." And we walk out of here, and you're like, "What?" Go back to, um, to verse five. So, for this very reason, okay, so which basically just means because of everything he said in verse 3 and verse 4 power, promises, divine nature, everything you need, for, that, for those very reasons, make every effort. I think that that's, that's the key. Now, not to, you know, Dallas Willard says that, that grace is not opposed to effort, it's opposed to earning. Okay, so big distinction there. We're not trying to earn all this stuff. But it's going to be work. Make every effort. Okay, so what, is, what does that look like? I know in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, we get a, a glimpse into um, how it worked for them. It says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. Now those four things, I mean, are massive. Studying the Word, the community that they were a part of, and the the mission that they were a part of together. They endured great joys. They endured some ridiculous, ridiculous persecution, focus on what Christ did on the cross. Every time they got together, they took communion because he said to, and that helped them stay focused. And they prayed, they depended on the Lord. I mean, you see these things, but you know what? I, I think for us, um, the first part of the verse, they devoted themselves. I said this at Survival the other night. You don't stumble into that. You don't just kind of find yourself devoted to those things. That's intentional. That has vision and purpose and and understanding. That's saying, okay, if I'm going to abide and I want to live from him so that my life is lived for him, then how, how do I connect to the life source that is Jesus in me? The truth of the word the intimacy of, of, of prayer and that dependence on him. Walking in fellowship with people around us who are in the exact same boat, going through a lot of the same things that can be encouraging, that can be um, a, a source of discipline and correction. I mean, that can be there to, to pray and to support and all that stuff. A community that's focused on Christ and what he's done. Okay, those things, those are, are life-giving things for us. So, the, if the apostles devoted their lives to that, and we see what happened in the first century, um, let's let's start there. How about that? I need to start there. I need to intentionally devote myself to the things that are going to help me abide and live from Him. When I live from Him, the for Him takes care of itself. It's transformational. It's amazing. There's just there's a, it's just it's so natural. Because it's, it's death to life, like we said in the beginning. It's about being alive. I want to live from Him, and let the fruit that shows up be what He wants to show up, in the way that He wants to, and all that stuff. What I need to do is devote myself to the things that are going to keep me connected to him and who he is. So we're not going to like sign commitment cards or uh, anything like that. Um, here's, here's what we are going to do. Because I, I believe that, I think that there are, are personal applications and there are corporate applications to all this stuff. But the bottom line is I think it, this ultimately comes down to you and the Lord. It comes down to me and the Lord. If all of us, as a community—I know some of you are here for the first time—I'll just lump you in for tonight—if um, all of us take this back to our time with the Lord, and that devotion shows up, and that living from shows up, and we're all living from and letting Him take care of the four, i mean, this, I ain't no telling what could happen. This—that makes this a very, very dangerous room awesome when you think about it. So here's what we're going to do. If you're here for the first time, typically uh, we kind of spend a little time kind of reflecting. We're just going to jump right into singing. Uh, Band, y'all go ahead and come on up. Here's what's going to happen. We'll sing one song that's like fairly personal, another song that's like incredibly corporate. Um, And I would like us to to sing them both. Like, not to be like, well, I'm not really feeling, uh, you know, this right now. I'm not really feeling like I want him to be the king of my heart. Whatever. It's lame. Quit. So if you want to be a brat and not sing, that's fine. If you don't know the song, you're, you get a pass. All right? But we're going to sing because I believe that that, that God just stirs things up in us. So one super personal, one super corporate. We'll bust each other. We'll go home. All right? Let me pray for us. Father, we love you. Um, unbelievable that uh, that you that you just invite us to live from you. As great as our offense is uh, to you, at one point being just just deserving your punishment and wrath, and yet you sent your Son to step in. amazing. So we thank you for your power at work within us. We thank you for the promises that you've made. We just want to be people of faith who trust you at your word. So as we sing, God, I pray that you just make some things come alive in us as only you can do. We love you, and uh, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand up and sing.